Hey, 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 Pop Culture Quorum Deo. I'm your host, Jeff Wright. On this episode, I'm talking to Joseph Knowles about the new writing project he is spearheading called Silence and Star Song. How love for C.S. Lewis stirred the endeavor and how you or writers you know can get involved. If you're listening to this podcast, you love storytelling and know how important it is. Trust me, you're going to want to keep up with Silence and Star Song. So let's get going on my interview with Joseph Knowles. Joseph Knowles, thank you for joining the Pop Culture Quorum Deo podcast. I have been wanting to do this forever, and my own tomfoolery has gotten in the way, but you have been patient and gracious, and we're finally making it happen. Thanks again. How are you doing or not? I'm doing well, and I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we could make it happen, even though we did have uh, one or two hiccups along the way. It's nice of you to say we there, listener. It's <laughs> it's 100% on my end. Um. So, Joseph, uh, listeners, you may know already is the, uh, one of the hosts of the Church History Matters podcast. That's not what we're here to talk about tonight, but that is a great podcast that he's done that listeners of this podcast should have seen on our social media or if you follow Servants and Heralds. Uh, how long have you been doing that, Joseph? Do you know off the top of your head? We started in 2019, so right around Reformation Day. So it's been right about right about three years, uh, Yeah, come to think of it. Yeah. Well, that's the best church history podcast going. So, um, I know you got a lot. (laughs) Oh, totally, uh, totally glad to say the truth. Um, I know you got a lot of irons in the fire, but I hope that one, I hope that stays an active project. Yeah. So trying to, trying to keep it up, up and going. Yeah. Good. Good. And, uh, friends, again, that's church history matters. Go subscribe to that. If you haven't, you can also see that on the servants and heralds podcast network feed too. So Joseph, I was trying to think, um, we became friends online, right? Did we cross paths on Twitter? I think yes, that is correct. We did, and I think you you messaged me, um, and I don't know, I don't remember exactly what it was, uh, but you kind of messaged me and say, "Hey, we kind of have these few things in common," and it kind of yeah started from there. Yeah, I think uh, we've we've known each other for quite a while now at this point, but I think we've met mm-hmm. in person just the one time at the G three conference. Correct. Yes. We both happened to be in the same uh, general geographical area that one time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And th- those common interests were Reformed Baptist theology, and then we hold similar political positions. I feel mm-hmm. like we're on a shrinking island sometimes, and you're probably still <laughs> more center of the island than I am. But yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's you and me, pal. Yeah, <laughs> well, good. We'll stick together. <laughs> <laughs> so then we uh, we both got involved starting Servants and Heralds. You were one of the first uh, people to come on board, just trying to build what's next for Christians, uh, kind of encourage people in doing creative and good things for Christ. And I was super excited to work with you there. Uh, along the way, somehow, though, you and I fell in, or maybe they fell in with us. Uh, we fell in with a group of guys who shared our appreciation for the Ransom Trilogy. Um, and I know you know C.S. Lewis. He he says the essence of friendship is saying you too. And mm-hmm. honest to goodness, before I kind of got together with you guys, um, I, I was the only dude in my circles being like, guys, you've got to read the Ransom Trilogy. That hideous strength is predictive prophecy. This explains mm-hmm. everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> when I, you know, I wasn't surprised because we, again, have some stuff in common. But I was delighted to see that you two also love that series. Do you happen to remember your background with that? Like, when did you first pick that up? What led you to pick that book up or those it, it, those books up? Yeah, it really has been only within the last the last few years. And 
you know, I've always enjoyed a lot of C.S. Lewis's stuff. Um, it was probably not, it was probably into adulthood, ashamed to say that I finally finished all of the books of the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, some of the later ones I just had never got to as a kid. Um, but then there were these other books that I was vaguely aware of. I, I know I had a friend who had read it in high school. And I think my parents had old um, paperback copies at their house, but just had never investigated to see what's this all about. Um, but then, yeah, I think a, a, probably around about the same time that that we um, became acquaintances and friends, um, you know, I, and I don't remember exactly what spurred it on, but I decided, hey, I've finished all the Chronicles of Narnia books, and this is his next most well-known fictional thing, so I should probably uh, see what it's all about. And, uh, then much like you, I kind of became a, um, um, a proselytizer for lack of a better term, uh, for the ransom trilogy or what some folks erroneously called, uh, the space trilogy. That is still a habit. I have to try to break myself <laughs> of. I know if he was here, uh, he would crawl all over me for calling it the space trilogy, but mm-hmm. in our notes, uh, or excuse me, in my notes for this episode, I have out of the silent marked out and then i have space marked out and then it says ransom trilogy uh so i'm still working on my sanctification there yeah (laughs) but now while you were reading that maybe later in life you are a published fiction author man i mean that's not what you do for uh main bread winning but you have a pretty extensive uh you know resume in published writing now how, how long have you been doing that I think the first the first thing that I I published was a short story and that went in a little independent anthology back in 2016 I want to say um and that was just a little uh maybe you know 7000 words something like that so well within that short story um window there uh in a anthology called um The Clarion Call so um, they kind of have share some of our political views, although they don't share our uh, faith views, not explicitly anyway. They're not. They're, in other words, they're just not. A, they're not Christian, uh, explicitly a Christian outlet. Um, but they. I, I know, now they come to think of it, I don't remember where I saw their open submission or their call for submissions. But I. I thought, well, I've got this. I think I could do that. I'll give it a. I'll give it a shot. Um, so. The idea, I didn't have an idea at first, but it just kind of came to me as I was looking for something else. And, ah, that's the story. It kind of hit like a like a thunderbolt of inspiration and, uh, you know, banged it out and uh, cleaned it up a little bit and sent it in and say, hey, well, we'll see what happens. So um, that was the first time that somebody, I'd written something um, that somebody else said, yeah, that's actually pretty good. We'd like to, we'd like to print that. Um, so that was the first one. Um, and then I, I had an, a couple other uh, short stories with this with that same uh, anthology. Um, and then I guess the the rest of my catalog, if you want to use so uh, so grand a term, <laughs> um, are a couple um, alternate history novels. Um, we're talking the first week of November, and there's a event or an organization or whatever you want to call it uh, called National Novel Writing Month. Um, so the goal of that is for folks to sit down and work on a first draft of a new novel and write 50,000 words in the month of November. Um, and if you can do that, you're well on the way to completing 
uh, a traditional, you know, length novel. So uh, several about around about the same time, I had an idea for an alternate history novel. And uh, I actually did not make it to 50,000 words that year. So I, technically, I didn't win. But I did take what I had and uh, work on it a little bit more and um, self-publish that and uh, and put it out there. And, uh, you know, a couple of people bought it. Um, it was actually, oddly enough, reviewed by a um, another small little um, uh, publishing house in the UK. I don't know how they found it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but it, it was kind of neat that they reached out and said, hey, we found your book and we liked it and we're going to write a, a review on it on our website. So... Um, that was that was kind of neat, and maybe got to thinking. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is something that I can I can do a little bit. At least there's a couple people who have said, "Hey, you wrote something, and and we liked it, and we want to uh, draw attention to it." So anyway, I'm kind of rambling on, but that's the <laughs> those are the main things. No, that's super interesting to me. So um, our mutual friend Terry Gant, who helps co-host the Script B Manuscript podcast, is my local bookstore owner, and. Mm-hmm. I am blessed to be able to go to a local bookstore where your books are sitting on the shelves. But for listeners who can't do that, um, what are the titles? And I'm assuming they're on Amazon. I mean, where else do you release or distribute these? Correct. They are on Amazon. So um, the the first uh, short novel uh, was called Fit for Freedom. And that's an alternate history set around the time of the um, Constitutional Convention. So 1780s. If that's you know historical fiction and alternate history is your thing, um, then yeah, you can go to the Amazon and, and search for my name and uh, the title "Fit for Freedom," and you would find it. Uh, excuse me, that's that's the second one. <laughs> I got the names of my own novels mixed up. <laughs> the first one is "Defying Conventions," so mm. a play on play on the word with the Philadelphia Convention there. And the second one is called "Fit for Freedom." That's a direct sequel. So in the same alternate universe and you can you can find both of those there um i've also put them the complete novels on uh my uh substack website so that's uh josephwknowles.substack.com so i've got two complete novels there that anybody can just go and read for free or maybe you want to uh you know a listener might want to uh get a taste for what it's like and then go and grab a hard copy if you don't prefer to do all your reading on a on a phone screen or a laptop. I know that I don't. Um, and some of my other stories that I've published in the past are are also there. And you said that's Joseph W. Knowles.substack? Correct. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Well, listeners, you want to jot that down, and I'll stick links to that in the show notes as well. So you're not just a guy who's writing and, you know, gaining international fans <laughs> through your publishing, but you're trying to um, – trying to get the the right way to do this, to grow and improve uh, Christian fiction writing. And so you're doing something called Silence and Star Song that I am super thrilled about. I hope someday maybe to contribute as well. But that's really the the heart of what we're here to talk about. So Mm -hmm. why don't you fill our listeners in on Silence and Star Song if that's not on their radar yet? Sure. So um, we've kind of already got a website and a Twitter account set up and going for that. But the idea kind of um, came about when uh, you and I and some of our other um, mutual ransom trilogy enjoyers were talking about, you know, hey, we could we could kind of do this. We could write some stories and and put them out there, um, and and kind of see what happens. And 
Um, we kind of had a couple false starts on that um, where we tried to get going. And it's just, you know, people are busy and had lots of other stuff going on. Um, but the idea originally was, well, we'll just do this thing and, and see where it goes. But um, then I guess I, you know, one or two of us, myself included, kind of took the ball and run with it, ran with it a little bit and said, hey, we could, you know, this could be a thing. Um, because at the time, I, you know, I, I don't really know that there's something quite like what what we're envisioning, which would be a a periodical uh, magazine of short fiction, so short stories, uh, maybe flash fiction now and then, uh, even even poetry, those kind of things that was inspired by um, in the tradition of what C.S. Lewis had been trying to do with the Ransom trilogy, which is to um, tell these stories that have supernatural or even a science fiction element to them but that are um committed to a christian worldview um and you know like i said i wasn't aware of anything that quite did that um and or that quite did that in that format um because one of the things you learn when you start uh, trying to get into publishing books for yourself is that uh, people don't read. <laughs> they don't read books, um, which mm. is, you know, that's just how people choose to consume their media. So the idea of, well, we could, let's build out a bigger idea and turn it into a novel and try to get get a publisher to pick it up. That's an extremely difficult process. Um, and the other thing is people, people don't read books, people don't buy books. So if you wanted to actually make something that was going to... Um, you know, get these ideas out there, get people thinking, of course, but also just enjoying good stories, then it have to be something, at least for now, that's probably a little bit uh, more easier to consume, let's say. Um, so the, I guess the periodical magazine um, kind of made sense uh, to try to do it that way. Um, and actually, this was, this was something that um, Lewis himself um, was kind of a, a, a student of in in certain respects. So um, you might or might not be aware of an essay he wrote, uh, probably late 1940s, early 1950s, the, the date escapes me, but the title of the essay is On Science Fiction, uh, because he was, you know, along with, you know, I mean, a number of other art authors in the early 20th century, kind of a, a pioneer of that um, field. Sure. Um, but there were also different um, different varieties that he had identified as types of science fiction stories. And interestingly, he said the one that interested him most, he said, was the kind that appears in these American magazines. Um, stories that are, you know, they, they're not so focused on the technology, but on inspiring wonder. Mm. And uh, that actually is, he was referring specifically to um, the Pulp Fiction magazines that kind of died out right after World War II. But that was not, kind of not what before he they made L. Ron Hubbard a star, though, right? Yes. They, they couldn't die out uh, before right. the end, of course. Right, exactly. And I mean, most people, if you say, or maybe a lot of people, when you say the phrase Pulp Fiction, they're thinking of that uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, and the magazines have kind of fallen out of uh, collective memory to a large extent. But that was where um, Lewis looked for science fiction. But it's also where, like you pointed out, L. Ron Hubbard wrote a lot for those types of magazines. But um, also authors like Robert E. Howard, who 
a lot of folks would know um, from the Conan the Barbarian stories. Um, and then um, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, yeah. uh, who yeah. folks would know for from Tarzan or the uh, John Carter of Mars, those kind of things. But a lot of um, H.P. Lovecraft is another name that folks might recognize. So all those kinds of stories were printed in these magazines that C.S. Lewis, looking back, said, those kind of stories are the ones that that hold the most interest for me. So that's kind of part of the thinking of why that format of trying to um, put these stories out there. I remember, well, I say I remember, It's I think it's Alistair McGrath's biography of Lewis. It might be the one by, uh, I think Jacob's called the Narnian. But mm-hmm. I think one of those guys says that Lewis looked at um, science fiction as one of the main avenues through which eugenics and vivisection was being pushed in popular culture. And he read, I don't remember if it was H.G. Wells or Orson or, or who it was, but he read and thought, man, I can do that too, and I can put it to better ends. And that shows up in, I think, Out of the Silent Planet, where the mentally handicapped young man is basically treated as a science experiment guinea pig, right, to send mm-hmm. him off. And so right. Lewis is self-consciously writing uh, to inspire wonder, but I also appreciate in a way that probably nobody else can ever do just as well, although I have hopes for you and this project. But Lewis manages to meld really good imaginative apologetics mm-hmm. with a really compelling story, you know. Yes. And, uh, thank God for for his work there. Yes. And and like that like you said, uh, there are portions of that last book that are uh just I mean, prophetic might be overkill as a word, but um you look around you today and you think, did he know what was going to happen because this is just eerie some of it. Absolutely. And and listeners, we've talked about it on our podcast before. You have to read the the Ransom trilogy. It, you know, it's classic sci-fi, so it's, you know, discs uh escaping into the atmosphere and you know, it's going to call back whales and all that stuff. But if you ever at any point find yourself being like, I'm not sure if this is for me, just press on. Mm. Paralandra is probably my favorite read out of the whole series. I feel like it's Narnia for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the thing that I've told my my friends about Lewis is that he helps me visit an unfallen world. When I mm-hmm. go to his books, I know what it's like to live in an unfallen world. And so Paralandra helped me understand womanhood more. We've already been gushing about um, that hideous strength, this predictive prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, you really owe it to yourself to press on through that. And that's the kind of stuff that is feeding silence and star song. That's mm-hmm. what these brothers are aiming at. And so, you know, I, I am kind enough to have a vote on some of the contests that you're running. I've got a vote due to you very soon. Um, I know it's too late. It's already decided. Uh, it's already been decided. See, that's, <laughs> I, and, and I've got my original manuscript from the, the first writing challenge sitting around half finished too. So <laughs> you can tell it's uh, it, it's all loser over here. Uh, but <laughs> Not at all. so kind of catch our listeners up on where things stand right now. What have you got done? You know, what's immediately on the docket? Mm-hmm. So uh, here we are the first week of November. And one thing I wanted to do was to uh, kind of get writers engaged as, as quickly as we could, um, because we weren't, we're kind of still getting up to speed on, um, you know, putting things together for a physical magazine and how we're going to 
work through all that. But one of the ideas that we came up to do that was to have a flash fiction contest. So um, if you're not familiar with the term flash fiction, that's generally stories following in the maybe 500 to 1,000 word length. So pretty, you know, pretty short. You could sit down and read them in, you know, 10 minutes, even if you're reading slowly. Um, and we, so the idea was we'd have a prompt, a writing prompt for each month. And then, you know, we'd see what we get and uh, put those up on the website for folks to to look at. But that way we could get both readers and writers kind of engaged in the project right off the bat, rather than having them, you know, labor over a, a longer story and wait until December to send it in and then have to wait until next spring to see, uh, to finally see it in print. So for October, um, the prompt was basically, actually, I should just pull it up. That would be easier. The prompt was this. A government agency has knowingly or unknowingly enlisted the aid of supernatural beings, um, which is, if you've read that hideous strength, then you know it's it's kind of close to that. Um, but we got some some really interesting uh, takes on that. So, like I said, we have selected our winner, so we'll be trying to get that up on the website in a day or two, which I'm sure will be uh, plenty of time for for this episode to go out, and, and our listeners can go and check it out. Um, but one or, I mean, a couple in particular that, that were very, uh, very much like something I think you would see C.S. Lewis write. Um, so I'm excited to get those up on the website and, uh, get people reading and hopefully generate interest from more authors. Um, so we can get a wider variety and, and hopefully get some, some really top-notch writing on there. So that's, that's what's going on in October. Um, and we've got another prompt already going for November. So uh, hopefully in December, we'll have uh, some submissions to go through to uh, put up some Christmas stories. Um, and there's, I think there's a, a pretty lengthy tradition of um, odd or weird or spooky Christmas stories, um, thinking specifically of uh, you know, the granddaddy of them all is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Sure. So that's essentially a ghost story, um, but it has a lot of, um, you know, I think it's not quite uh, C.S. Lewis, maybe, um, but also has some some spiritual elements and, and causes the reader, I think, to to think about um, to think about things beyond just the elements of the plot, but big picture question type things um, the way that Dickens, Dickens does it. So. Um, that'll be the the next of the flash fiction contests. And then in December, for the month of December, we'll be receiving um, hopefully some really great submissions for the the inaugural print issue, which will go out in the spring. So um, those will be short stories of up to 10,000 words. Um, we've got one person, I think, who, who may send us some poetry. So that will be um, a nice change of pace. And, uh, you know, like I said, looking, really looking forward to what, to what folks come up with, because what, what I've seen so far has been, have been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, maybe listeners are trying to think through what the, um, uh, you know, what, what the, uh, the stories of silence and star song look like. Mm. Um, we've talked about Lewis a lot and I, I get the sense that probably you're not you're not trying to restrict along these lines, but the people who are involved under the hood, 
Um, we talk about demons, what they're up to nowadays in their private conversations. Um, mm-hmm. we, we're all sort of in the reform tradition, either, uh, credo Baptist or headwetters. So there's a, there's a theological kind of, um, solidarity behind the scenes, but we're mm-hmm. also people who are like, I grew up reading Frank Peretti, you know, they're going to have theological, uh, qualifications and critiques there, but we grew up consuming his fiction. Right. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's a fair way to tell people like that? That's not the only thing you can submit to Silence and Star Song, but that's sort of what the group um, stewarding it is like. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And um, if you go, if listeners go to the website and check out the um, about page, um, we've got a couple of things there. So we've got a link to a a post that one of our contributors wrote. That is kind of the. Uh, uh, manifesto, I guess, um, that tells a little bit about what kind of stories are we trying to tell? Why do we think it's important? And those kind of things. I mean, he did a really great job, I think, of kind of encapsulating um, the goals of the project. But then um, the other thing we have on the page where you go to look at submission guidelines is a list of of other authors. So, of course, we've got um, uh, C.S. Lewis there and, and Tolkien and some of the obvious uh, uh, obvious candidates, but then some other names like, uh, I mean, some of the other inklings. So Charles mm-hmm. Williams is there. Um, and some other names that maybe you don't recognize or maybe you recognize from other things. And that's just cu- to kind of give folks an idea of if you look at the, if you've read these and if you're familiar with this, this is the uh, kind of the feel that the the stories we're hoping to to put out will have. And some of the topics that these authors covered would be the ones that we want to covering also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we've, you know, we've talked about flash fiction and open submissions and things just to put a fine point on it. Listeners who are intrigued at this point, they think maybe they've got something they would want you to look at. You might want to look at um, what are the best steps to try and get involved? Sure. Well, I mean, you can, if you're on WordPress, then you can find the, all the stories we've printed so far. Um, and that's just silence and starsong.wordpress.com. Um, maybe we'll, we'll pony up for the custom domain name at some point. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter and that's just at silence starsong. They won't let us do an ampersand. So it's just the two words squashed together. Um, and we try to post, um, you know, regular updates or retweet things that we think are interesting and kind of pertain to uh, the kind of stories we think are interesting or some of the headlines from the news that take our fiction and turn them into reality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's fun sometimes. Um, and then we've got an email address there for, for contact um, at the website. It's just ransom at mailfence.com. Um, so if folks have questions, um, you know, they can, Feel free to reach out. Um, I don't check that nearly as often as I as I uh, check my other email addresses, and you know how unwieldy all of that can get. But I try to look in regularly um, to to see what uh, what questions folks might have, and you know if they've got stuff to send us. Yeah, I threw um, I threw Silence and Star Song into a brave search uh, before we hit recording, and I know there's a. Uh, article from servants and heralds that comes up pretty quick with links in mm-hmm. it as well we'll put stuff uh in the show notes about how listeners can check out what's happening with that project as well and and something maybe this is how we'll wrap up but um i meant to ask you earlier on how did you come up with the name silence and star song let our listeners 
Oh yeah. yeah, that was kind of a uh, that was kind of a um, an interesting process where I'd, I'd kind of thrown some ideas out there um, and done some some Twitter polls and and shopped some names around to um, folks at church and that kind of thing. Um, and the name did not win any of the polls. <laughs> oddly <laughs> enough, um, I was thinking I wanted something that um, would be like an illusion to Lewis and sure. specifically to the ransom trilogy and uh, a mutual friend of ours kind of talked me down off that ledge. And I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's for the better um, because you, you kind of mentioned this before. Um, we're not trying to lock anyone in to say, Hey, we want to take the work of CS Lewis and just kind of continue doing exactly what he was doing and nothing more, which I, I don't think he himself would encourage anybody to do. Um, being the member of a you know literary literary discussion group as he was, um, so that that name kind of was at the bottom of the pile, but it uh, it grew on me, and uh, then it, I guess a kind of a a consensus in our little little group kind of formed that it was yeah that's the one we should go with, and I think I think that was the right decision. It sticks out. Yeah, I uh, again I'm a fan, so I'm not the the most objective here. And I've... <laughs> been under the hood a little bit but i appreciate the ethereal quality and i appreciate mm-hmm. the way it it kind of harkens to transcendence right um mm-hmm. so good name i think the lord's providence was evident in in choosing that one yeah well joseph thanks for your time man i'm looking forward to releasing the episode and hopefully it'll help get people involved in this project i think when people find out about it they're immediately going to see the value they're going to be intrigued and uh, they're going to get it right away and so hopefully this will contribute in some way uh, I mentioned, though, that I met you and came to respect you on social media. Where can people find you out there on the interwebs? Well, these days, mostly I'm on Twitter. I already mentioned Substack, so that's where my fiction writing is. Um, but if you if if you care to think you might have something in common with uh, with me and Jeff uh, politically and or reformed Baptistly, then I, I'm probably on on Twitter throughout the day far more than I ought to be. <laughs> Um, but yeah. I, th- I, th- I think if you just type my name in, in the search box, I come up. Um, I, you know, now that I think about it, the only reason I ever got on Twitter was way back during, um, uh, was is either the first or the second Ron Paul presidential campaign. Oh, let's go. Yeah. So he was, uh, he, you know, folks had kind of put out a drive to, hey, let's pump up his Twitter follower numbers. So I said, sure, why not? Um, and didn't really use it. Um, but now it's kind of become a, a vehicle for, uh, promoting this kind of stuff. So, you know, you know, your mileage may vary. You might not get much out of Twitter. Um, but it's been useful to connect with folks who might be, um, like-minded on, on theology, on politics or, or now in this, in this whole writing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good deal. It's Joseph Knowles again, guys, and you can find him in the Twitter search bar. I recommend you do so. Uh, Joseph, thanks again for coming on. We're looking forward to hearing uh, and seeing what the Lord does with Silence and Star Song. We're also looking forward to hearing more from Church History Matters and other stuff you have going on, man. We, uh, I mean, I I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you're doing, and I hope you'll you'll keep it up, man. I think you're doing some important stuff. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, there it is. Get over to Silence and Star Song to check out the latest flash fiction winner. Check out the show notes for links to everything you need to keep up with the project, as well as Knowles and his other projects. Thanks for listening to this episode. For Jared Moore, I'm Jeff Wright. 
reminding you to live every moment as if you are before the face of God. Because you are. Talk to y'all next time.